What's going on? Pete Callender here, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. And uh, as suspected, I am getting a bit of an echo coming back down the line there. See, I knew it. I knew that was going to happen. Hopefully it's correct. Oh, it is corrected. There we go. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, so just some technical glitches. No problem here. Hope you're having a great day. Uh, the email, Pete, at the thepetecalendarshow.com. The phone number is 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. And remember, you can get the podcast. So if you miss even just a moment of the program, you can get it all and hear what you missed on the podcast. It's free. Go to WBT.com. Get the app. Uh, subscribe to uh, the podcast. And all of the podcasts of all of the hosts. Alrighty, so uh, uh, yesterday, North Carolina Senate Republicans held a press conference, and um, they introduced again the Parents' Bill of Rights. Outrage ensues. Uh, so they say that it's going to give parents more control over the direction of their kids' education, and it's going to require more transparency in public schools. Alex Baldcigar at carolinajournal.com with one of the write-ups here I've got. There's also, obviously, opposition. I will get to that as well. I've got some sound bites from uh, from the press conference that the Republican senators held. Uh, and again, this did clear the uh, the state Senate last year, but it did not, it did not make it through the House. Um, and so that's why they're bringing it back up. During the North Carolina Senate's Education Committee meeting, so after they did the press conference, they ran it through the committee. The bill gets debated. They take some public comments. Uh, Democrats objected to the bill. They called it divisive. Um, was it uh, our own uh, senator here from Mecklenburg, Natasha Marcus, uh, making those uh, comments called the bill disappointing and divisive and questioned whether Bill's sponsors had reached out to various interest groups about the, quote, harmful consequences of these proposals. She said, uh, or sorry, uh, Amy Gailey, who is sponsoring the bill, said that this baffles her to think that the bill could be divisive. So what does the bill do? Proponents say that it's meant to block the instruction of sexuality, you know, uh, uh, gender, uh, uh, gender identity, queer theory, like all of these types of uh, of of courses of of instruction uh, in grades K through four. Now, last year, uh, if I recall correctly, it was a K through three uh, focus, but this year they've expanded it out to K through four, and. Uh, Senator Gailey noted that it was uh, designed because in, by fifth grade is when they start rolling in some of the some of these issues and topics in health classes. So they just pushed it out K through four. We all know what this is about, and we all know what it's a response to, right? But I guess you know everything has been said, but not everybody has said it, right? That, that's sort of the <laughs> in politics. That's sort of the uh, the jam here, where. We're going to hear the same arguments. This is, what do they call the Florida bill, right? Quote, don't say gay, which of course is not actually in the bill, but that's the branding that Democrats put on it in order to, dare I say, be divisive. But they they throw that label on it that you're not even allowed to say the word gay, and that's not true. Um, but they, they adopt the branding, and then the media obviously takes that language and amplifies it. And they treat it as if it is something other than a political branding effort. When in fact, 
If you look at a recent survey, USA WRAL poll, and WRAL is you know hardly a mouthpiece for the right, they found in their poll that 58% of North Carolina adults support legislation that bans instruction in sexual orientation or gender identity issues in K through three, which was the bill last year. So they pushed it out to K through four. So this is this is supported, this idea, this concept of not talking to young children about sex. It's not your job, teachers, to talk to kindergartners about whether or not they think they're a boy or a girl and whether that is a, a changeable thing and how do they express themselves sexually in the first grade. This is not appropriate. I don't understand why this is, quote, divisive. You don't get to talk to somebody else's kids in order to get some sort of uh, support, right? In order to get some um, some justification. You, you, you don't get to do that. You're supposed to be teaching reading. You're supposed to be teaching math, right? Colors. You're supposed to be teaching things like that. Don't don't get your validation from a second grader. It's inappropriate. And it doesn't matter to me if you're straight or gay or non-binary or whatever any of the... I don't even know how many genders they're up to now. None of that matters to me. You shouldn't be talking about these things in the classroom setting with with kids. I, I think back, if I had ever raised these types of questions to a teacher... I'm pretty sure that my teachers would have said something along the lines of, uh, you know, who I'm married to, who I love, is like, that's none of your business. And probably, you know, whack on the hands. No, I'm kidding. I did not go to a Catholic school. But um, <laughs> that's, I kid the Catholic schools. It's just, a, okay. So I, I would not have been, I would, it would not have been appropriate, and I doubt I would have been able to engage in a conversation uh, about these topics on my own, right, me self-prompting to the teachers and asking them for some sort of validation or something, let alone going the other direction. But we all know what it's about. you got to teach them young, right? And they feel like they're not getting this instruction, this information from their parents, and so they're going to teach you. They're going to make a better society for tomorrow by teaching the kids today, right? That's the concept. And that is all education, is it not? Of course it is. That's the whole point. School is about preparing the next generation, and in so doing, we try to preserve the elements of the society that we are all in, that work, right? We we try to advance these values through the culture, through education, through the school system. That's where this occurs. Why do why why do we teach history? Why do we teach any history? Why do we teach people how to how to speak? Why do we teach them how to read? And why do we teach them math? We're, we're, we're conveying values down the line. And so this idea that, oh, well, you know, we, we're not even teaching this stuff. Well, if you're not teaching this stuff, then why do you care if we're saying don't teach this stuff? Because you are. It is. By the way, if a kid asks a teacher a question, they are allowed to answer. What the bill is saying is you cannot make this a part of classroom instruction. It cannot be part of the curriculum. And then the critics say, well, it's not part of the curriculum anyway. Okay, then. We're all on the same page. Fantastic. Now, there are some other provisions that some of the people that are opposed to it don't like. 
the courses of action, basically, if some teacher is accused of doing this sort of thing or a school district is accused of promoting these types of ideas and turning the the you know k through 4 classrooms into the uh you know into the the front lines in the sexual revolution of the uh, the next century the parents bill of rights called senate bill 49 it would prevent material discussing gender ideology sexual activity and sexuality in the classroom for kids uh k through uh 4 the bill would also require schools to tell parents when a child wants to change his or her pronouns that's got that's got critics upset too. Outrage has ensued. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. Thanks a lot for hanging out. I appreciate it for letting me be a part of your day. Talking a little bit about this uh, Parents' Bill of Rights that has now been... All uh, right, I was hearing something. Is that my computer... Sixty-three on Monday. I'm definitely catching some sort of uh, weather forecast coming down the line. Um, so yeah, I apologize for that. Um, let me just turn that down so I don't hear it anymore. How about that? Uh, all right. So the uh, Senate Republicans in the North Carolina General Assembly, they have introduced a new parents' bill of rights. They did this last year. They're doing it again. The bill stipulates that every parent has a right to direct their child's physical, mental, and emotional health, direct how and where their child is educated. Uh, transparency when dealing with their child's teachers and schools, a classroom and school environment that's safe and nurtures the child's well-being, be actively engaged in their child's education, and a parent has a right to resources and accountability of school districts, administrators, and teachers. This is according to the piece at carolinajournal.com by uh, Alex Baltzigar. And uh, one of the components here is the pronouns and the transgenderism you've got uh you've got uh, activists and educators and democrats and media but i repeat myself they are um they are very very worried that if parents are told that their kid is going through some sort of uh gender crisis of some kind or is you know thinking hey you know what i might be not what i am i i might have some gender dysphoria going on that they don't they that the the school and the school uh, personnel should not have to tell the parents that and i'm just kind of curious if there are any other you know health uh concerns that a uh, a a mandated a mandated reporter such as a school employee right they're they're mandated to report uh abuse right to dss there's they have to do these things by law so i'm just curious are there other health concerns that parents should be blocked from knowing you know if you find out that this student is in the bathroom every single day um doing drugs or is making them is purging right making themselves throw up is that something that the parents should know hey your kid might be bulimic or anorexic they're behaving in these ways that are not healthy is is that is that okay you you can you can block parents from knowing that too See, again, they're framing this as divisive. Democrats are framing it as divisive. But when you actually peel it away and ask why is it divisive, it's divisive because of the actions of the educators. Hashtag not all educators, right? I'm not saying this about all teachers and everybody at the schools. 
But obviously, this is a response to actions that have been taken already. So who's being divisive? Is it divisive to respond to the acts? Or is it the acts themselves which prompted the legislation? All righty, let me jump over here and get uh, Nick on the program. Hello, uh, Nick. Welcome to the show. Hello, Brent. Uh, close. He's at three. Yes, sir. I... Yeah, he's at three. This is Pete. Did you mean to, do you want to wait three I'm hours and call him? I, no, it's all right. I apologize. Look, <laughs> it's I all right. I can hearing. put you on hold. <laughs> I got a hearing problem. No, I want to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Really. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I just I just wanted to make sure that if you were trying to get a hold of Brett, then I would put you on hold and, and just wait for, uh, you just need to hold for like three hours. <laughs> no, no, please. Okay. <laughs> Pete, I'm so sorry. Pete. It's all right. Uh, what is the bill number again? I didn't catch it when you were talking earlier. What is the Senate? Is it the Senate bill, North Carolina? Yes. Senate bill 49. Okay, great. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, look, if God had intended um, for boys to be girls, he would have put earrings in our ear, maybe, and we would be wearing dresses. Uh, I have a problem with this that's going on in the country, not only in our great state of North Carolina, but I'm so thankful that our leaders in Raleigh, you know, are taking care of trying to issue in a mandate that will be accepted and voted on and approved and all that, that will have an impact on what's going on. It's so sad. It's so depressing, actually. Uh, what's going on with this whole thing is so, it's ugly. It's, it's just not right. Anyway, that's all i got to say about that. Yeah. All right, Nick, I appreciate the call. I mean, that's look, the, the gender nonconformity, shall we say, with societal mores, right, with, with our norms, you know, the expression of gender changes over time. It does. I, like, I, I'm not... I'm not, I don't ignore those facts, right? You see it in fashion. I mean, Nick just said about the dresses, but there was a time when if you were a woman, that was really all you were allowed to wear, right? As a societal norm, right? They, there, there were sort of, uh, you know, cultural expectations of dress. And the same thing is seen with... Um, Throughout history, I mean, every culture goes through this stuff, right? We, I mean, you got the uh, where pale skin uh, among Westerners uh, in Europe, right? The, that was seen as a sign of nobility, and so that became the thing. They powdered themselves. Of course, they weren't bathing either, so they were covering up, which is kind of nasty. They just kept covering up <laughs> anyway. But that was one of the things. If you had light, uh, pale skin, that meant that you did not have to work in the fields, right? And if you worked in the outside, that meant you, you got. Uh, more color on you, and so it, it was a status symbol. It's not gender, but it's a status thing, right? So these types of norms, and by the way, that's kind of reversed now, right? Where if you have time to be outside and tan, it means you have leisure time. It's an expression of, anyway. So all of these, th- all of these, uh, these norms, they they do shift somewhat. But what you're talking about with with gender and 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 saying that I'm not the thing that I am, and I've talked about this before. This, I mean, this is. This is the full expression of, you know, postmodernism that there is no reality and that you can change these things. And I've heard people refer to uh, sort of like the especially on the, the drag side, if it's coupled with transgenderism, I guess you would you hear it as woman face. In other words, there's a parallel to the old black face 
right? Because there are some people that, some women that get offended. They're offended that men are essentially, you know, quote, pretending to be women. And I always say this whenever I talk about transgenderism is that I have sympathy and I cannot imagine what it must be like for your brain to be telling you that you are not something, right? And I've equated it because I believe it is absolutely equatable is transableism, right? Where people think that they are disabled when they are not, but people believe it. People maim themselves, they cripple themselves, they blind themselves because they think that, because their brain is telling them that, no, you're, you're blind, you're supposed to be blind. No, you can't walk. And so they go about trying to satisfy that desire. And I don't believe that we as a society want to encourage that. I mean, do we want people maiming themselves? There are stories of people that have done this. It's, it's pretty frequent. And there are some uh, experts that actually help them do it. Psychologists, psychiatrists, whatever. Sometimes, like, these people, I mean, I, I would wager they're probably not very good at their jobs, but uh, they're more activists, right, than therapists. But they help. I, mean, I just, I don't know where we got to a point that said, this kind of self-mutilation is okay. Because it, it helps you scratch that itch. It helps you you know, satisfy this desire. This time it's okay for this kind of surgery, this kind of procedure. And I, I, you know, I, I try to understand. I've been trying to, I still do. I still read a lot about this stuff and I still don't understand why this one gets its own separate category versus the others. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Got a message here from the Hellion on the Twitter machine. Also raising the, the, the analogy with uh, transgenderism and gender-affirming surgeries and such. And by the way, there's now been an, uh, a bill introduced in the North Carolina House. I believe this is from Keith Kidwell. Um, that would prohibit gender-affirming surgery, let's call it, right, or care. I mean, but but what is it, right? It's it's amputations, reconstructions, right, on kids under the age of 18. And so that would be off the table. And I find it interesting, like I see here, there's a tweet from Equality North Carolina, and they say that their opposition to this bill will not let up. It's targeting the ability of trans youth to receive gender-affirming care. Right, these are lifelong decisions, so I'm curious... Um, should we allow kids to, uh, under the age of 18, should we allow them to get tattoos? Because I think that's still illegal, is it not? Right, 18 is when, although they've pushed it out for like alcohol, whatever, but 18 was sort of the, you know, the the entry into adulthood. You are now free to make these decisions yourself, right? If you are in some sort of a court proceeding, right, you're not held to the same standards if you are under the age of 18. In fact, the very same advocates and activists who have been, uh, you know, clamoring for, quote, judicial reform and saying that we should not be treating uh, under 18-year-olds the same as adults in criminal justice proceedings because their brains haven't, you know, fully formed, they're the same ones saying that we should let them have total control over 
you know, chopping off parts of their body. I Again, there's a disconnect here. And Hellion makes the point also of the uh, bulimia and anorexia. Why are those different, right? So this is the fight, and of course, the uh, the left and the media, but I repeat myself, they're going to be uh, you know framing this as Republicans trying to be divisive, when in fact the, the right, and this isn't even really the right, I just gave you the polling from uh, WRAL of all places, that this stuff is popular across the board. Uh, or the, the opposition to these procedures, to the, the classroom instruction with the Parents' Bill of Rights, these things are bipartisan. And they are only necessary now. Look, people on the right and in the middle and even some on the left, right, pe- people, I'm sure, are just as surprised as media and the left is about the need to pass these bills. I get it. I hear Democrats like, I can't believe we're at a place where we need to pass these bills. I agree. I can't believe it either. Yet here we are, right? And we didn't get here because some right-winger just dreamed up this issue to to write a bill about. That's not how we got here. We got here because these things are recurring, because of the efforts of the left. So I said I would give you some of the opponent's arguments, because how do you know your own argument if you don't know what your opponents are arguing? So here's this guy... His name is uh, Christopher, with a K, Christopher Nordstrom. And if I recall correctly, I think he used to work in the legislature, but he was such a partisan uh, that uh, now, and for years and years now, he works at the uh, sort of the premier leftist uh, umbrella organization, uh, you know, uh, North Carolina Justice, NC Justice. Um, He's a senior policy analyst. And uh, this is part of the, you know, like the Progress NC crowd. Like this is all the big uh, budget and tax center. All of these, this constellation of leftist groups, right? They're all, they're they're all tied, and they're all funded by basically WRAL's uh, founder, anyway, or uh, president, owner. Um, so this guy, Christopher Nordstrom, he says there are a lot of reasons to oppose uh, the latest bigoted attack on the LGBTQ community, aka the Parents' Bill of Rights. Here, in my opinion, are the four biggest reasons to oppose the bill, he says. Number one, it allows bad actors to tie up school district operations and resources by filing frivolous requests for information and or objections to instructional materials. So, he says, there are no penalties for parents who file excessive or frivolous requests, making this process rife for abuse by disgruntled parents and opponents of public schools. If a parent is not satisfied with a district's response, they can keep escalating to get a hearing before the State Board of Education, or they could bring a declaratory uh, judgment action for injunctive relief. In both cases, costs are borne by the school board. So he's complaining about the way that parents get access to what the kids are learning, because that's part of this bill. You have to tell the parents, like, here are the materials, here's the curriculum, this is everything we're doing. Here's my uh, my lesson plan for the day. You got to post all of this stuff. And what I have learned over the years is there are some people in education that really don't like people to know what they're teaching. <laughs> have you noticed this? I've, I just I have detected a, a tad of it over the years. There there are some people they they think that uh, parents and politicians and anybody really you don't have the authority or expertise to weigh in on what they're teaching they're the experts 
So shut up. And and that that comes through loud and clear. Again, not all. There are a lot of teachers that are they they want the parents involved. This is what we're teaching. Take this home, show your parents, like that sort of thing. Um but a lot of this queer theory stuff that's being uh, uh, promoted uh, on school campuses, uh, and it started in the colleges, it's now in the K-12, because think about it, who's in the K-12 uh, school systems? Uh, they came out of the university. And what do you think they were learning there? The education schools got corrupted by this uh, this you know woke ideology years ago. And so th- these are, yeah, these are the fruits of their labor. He says also, the second big problem is requiring school personnel to notify parents about changes to students' gender identity. This requirement obviously endangers students who don't reside in supportive, affirming households. This is one of the common arguments. This is how they shame you and guilt you as parents into going along with the uh, the preferred course of treatment from the left, which is the, quote, gender-affirming care, which is the puberty blockers, hormones, and surgeries, right? They want all the kids to go into this pipeline as early as possible, and if parents are hesitant, if parents are questioning this and they're worried about you, you're making a lifelong decision that you may regret, let's not rush into this, and and that then is deemed to be non-affirming, is not supportive, and so therefore we have to keep it hidden from all parents, because we have this idea that some parents may not be completely on board immediately, we then have to we have to mask all parents. You can't know anything about anything going on with any of the gender affirmation stuff. Yep, sorry, we we just can't risk it. Now remember, these employees are mandated reporters. They have to report if there's abuse going on. But what you what what you hear in this argument is simply that if you if you don't support this, then that means that you're harming the child. So a lack of support on this preferred course of action, this, these procedures, means that you are harming the child. And then the child may commit suicide, which is how they get parents to worry so much about the health of their kid that they're going to kill themselves, so then they go along with the, with the, uh, with the plan. Meanwhile, <clears throat> if you look overseas, other countries have started saying, you know what? We're not. We don't think this actually works. We're going to pump the brakes on this stuff, and we're going to. We're yeah, because we find that a lot of these kids, after they transition, they have regrets. And if you just kind of let them figure it out over the course of years, they don't need to be transitioned. A lot of them are just gay, right? I mean, like that's. Yeah, there's an interesting friction point right there, in the movement. News Talk 1110-993, WBT. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Let's go to the phones again. Here's Kyle. Kyle, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm well. Good. What's going on? So um, what the, the last thought that you, you left us with really resonated with me, and I felt you know, compelled to call. Based on a conversation I had with my sister was a lesbian in her 50s and i was just kind of getting her take on all this all the you know the, the increase in kids that want to transition yeah and she said you know she said i 100 would have done it like i was so homophobic as a as a, as a teenage girl that i didn't want to be called a lesbian i would have it would have been an easy out just to say yeah i'm i'll i'm, I'm clearly a boy let me transition, and she's 
I mean, she's so grateful that she didn't go through any of that and has friends who did it and are regretful. Right, and this is my concern is where do those people go um, years down the road? From whom do they get relief, right? Who who do they seek redress from? I, or, or, or if you don't have the means to, to, to afford these treatments as you get older, I mean, you're really left without, you know, you're really left holding the bag. I mean, it, yeah. it's awful. Right, and, uh, you know, some of the interviews I saw that, like, uh, uh, well, one of them in particular uh, that Matt Walsh did in his movie, What is a Woman, uh, where there is a, an individual who transitioned and I think became a man, uh, right? The woman to man transition. And uh, they said that the the blockers, the hormone blockers, the medicines that they are on will eventually kill them. That's 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 one of the risks in doing these procedures. And if if you're not going to throw kids in jail, rightly or wrongly, we're not going to throw kids in jail um, for committing you know crimes uh, that like we would adults because their brains don't fully understand the consequences of their actions. Then how do you justify letting them do something like that to make a lifelong decision when they don't they they don't understand the long term consequences? I don't I don't yeah I, I don't understand the arguments. It's incredibly scary. My daughter's in high school. She has five friends that she feels are are, are transgendered, and I can't explain to her what an anomaly that is. That she that you know that that there would be five kids in the same school. I mean, it's just a statistical anomaly. She just she just thinks that, yeah. that I'm kind of like I'm just like some you know, hey dad, you don't understand, and and I and I think that. She feels like uh, that this is absolutely their right to do that, and and it's reversible if they change their mind. And I, we had this conversation. It's one thousand not percent reversible. Right? No, it's not. Um, hey, uh, Kyle, I do appreciate the call, sir. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, take care. Let me go over here and get Al on next. Hello, Al. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Good afternoon, Pete. Um, I'm curious why. Children under twelve should even be taught sex. Uh, yeah, fourth fourth grade kids is uh, age of nine and ten. I ain't run across them concerned with sex. They're more about playing ball and riding bikes and stuff like that. Right. You know? the, yeah. And uh, once again, like this is a completely reasonable position for parents, especially to take when talking about what their kids are exposed to in in the classroom and the reason why this parents bill of rights includes this this prohibition is because apparently we actually do need to tell some adults you don't get to talk to al's kids at the age of 12 or, or under the age of 12 you don't get to talk to them at age 9 or 8 about uh about sexual attraction and non-binaryism you, you don't get to do that and you well know, being a reporter, that uh, some teachers have crossed the line mm-hmm. about sex in the student. Oh, yeah. In fact, so so have they crossed the line. They have the sex with the students. <laughs> they actually have the sex with the students. Yeah. Crossing lines all over the place there. All right. We'll listen to some of the audio in a minute. Also, in the third hour... An update on the Alec Murdoch case. Oh, yesterday was a doozy. 